We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Oh boy, it's been a while. Okay, so... Uh, welcome to another uh, action-packed adventure of me and the, the things I've been up to. All right, so we've got uh, a whole bunch of stuff uh, going on. And in fact, we've got so much stuff. Uh, let's get back to uh, old stuff. Um, so first of all, I just want to talk about um, I know this is a very unpopular opinion. But I use the uh, search engine Bing. Oh, uh, and before we get uh, too far into this, uh, let the, today's musical guest I is John Bennett. Uh, John Bennett factors prominently in this uh, update today. Um, he is somebody that I went to college with, lived with, uh, and it, I just saw him play live, and I think he's fantastic. Was outside of Tacoma when my old car stalled. There was only one girl left I had to call. She said, I'd like to pick you up, but I'd rather watch you fall, honestly. And so, um, uh, I, so I, I like the Bing search engine, and I tell you, one of the things I like about it is it knows me, right? It knows what I'm all about. Um, so I, I can't remember even what I was searching on Bing. It was something benign, just something, Maybe I, gen- just whatever, generic. And then um, just out of nowhere, it just shows me some porn. It's like, look, I know you were probably searching for, like, how to make playlists in iTunes, um, but here's some porn. And it's like, bing, you get me. You know what I'm all about. Now, look, I, I need the answer to the other thing, but look. Let's just have some porn. Let's just have a little porn break. Look, you've had a tough day, everyone. So why not just take t- some time night. out for you and have some porn? Thank you, Bing. I said, I'm so glad to see you well. You're saving me tonight, honesty. Okay, but so this goes all the way back to July when we were uh, back east, and, and you know we were with the, the weird people, and um, we were with uh, my wife's friend's boyfriend, and he is in the advertising industry and vehemently hates advertising, and so he only listens to WFMU, and. WFMU is essentially a college radio station, but somehow open to the public. But it's not a college. It's it's a mess. I, I don't know. Some people love it because they associate it with Tom Sharpling, and he did a show that was sort of Phil Hendry. Look, if you don't know who these people are, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is that WFMU is a crapshoot, right? Like every four hours, it's a different DJ. Depending, they only get one shift a week, so depend. You know, listening the same time of day doesn't even guarantee you any sort of quality or anything. And I would love to do a parody of uh, how shitty they are on the air, but it's 
there's I can't find the joke there because it's just fucking boring. It's terribly, terribly boring. And it's like, okay, I okay, I get, dude, that you hate um, you hate commercials, you know, you you hate being sold something, you think they talk down to you, that they're below your intelligence level. I get that, I get all that. But I don't understand how listening to some doofus ramble on incoherently for two minutes is somehow better. Oh, and two minutes? You're lucky if you get to the next song in two minutes. Uh, and it's just, it's, 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 there's no attempt, uh, at, at being good. There's no interest, uh, at being entertaining, uh, in the way, in the words of Ray Suarez, when I asked him about NPR, he says they are almost proud about how boring they are. Um, and, and I'm just like. It was, and it's funny because it's like all of the, I mean, if, uh, like, there's got to be something better than this, right? You know, Pandora, um, pay for a subscription to um, uh, any of the music streaming services. Oh, I'm not giving money to the man. I support the independent. God damn, man. I mean, I'm all for, for supporting the little guy, but Jesus Christ, man, there has to be some barrier to like you know trying to do something mildly entertaining like i mean this podcast is unpopular for a very good reason it it appeals to a very narrow group anyway so yeah good old oh oh good old wfmu all right so wait here let's listen to more john just like my eyes my heart's made of coal but i miss very much Girl One thing that I like about John Bennett's music, and I think some people is the reason why they might this push away from it, is that one song just sort of they're very similar let's be honest okay i was gonna try and 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 dress that up and make it something pretty but um really the reality is is that the songs are very similar i mean it's one guy it's a guitar it's lots of finger picking but I do like it in that it does, like, it's it's not like listening to separate songs on an album. It's like listening to one hour-long song, which, if you like the song, Whistling Break. But if you like that song, why not listen to it for an hour? And it's nice, and it's mellow, and it's a good thing to just put on on a Sunday morning. Who knows? Maybe I'll put it on tomorrow. Today. Oh, today is Saturday, October 12th. So. Um, but anyway, that that's sort of the deal. So if you are listening to this in the background and are kind of like, I can't figure out where one song ends and the other song begins. Yeah, you and me both, brother. Things that she said were my little cold I... Somehow got into this area of Facebook. Um, yep, that's right. I'm still on Facebook. I'm still living fast and free, sharing my public information, y'all. Uh-uh. Living my best life, getting that Russian hacking information. Woo woo. Anyway, um, yeah. So I started. I joined this group called Fraser Shitposting. 
And it is one of the strangest things I've ever done uh, because it's it's not people insulting the TV show Frasier. It's people who obviously love the TV show Frasier, but they also enjoy goofing on the fact that Kelsey Grammer has an enormous ass or that... Uh, you know, uh, I, I love, I, I'm not gonna even go into what I, oh, what I've been doing, but, um, and it's just, it's visual, uh, but it's such a weird group, right? Because it's like all this, it's, it's people who love it and hate it at the same time, or they love it and they love to goof on it. I, I don't know. I don't know what this group is. And, oh, and the craziest thing is, um, one of John Mahoney's relatives, John Mahoney, who played, uh, the elder crane, uh, Martin's dad, who was the cop who had gotten shot in the hip, you know, and, and one of his relatives is in this Frasier shitposting group. And it's so weird because I was like posting things and talking about Frasier's big ass and whatever. And then this guy posts like these lovely family photos of just like his, you know, his whatever. I don't know what relationship. I mean, he shares the Mahoney last name, but, uh, and they're on family vacations together and it's just like this beautiful slice of life. And then I'm just like, look at Frazier's ass. That thing's huge. Samurai to the mud and walked through his blood. Needless to say, I felt a little conflicted, but it's a beautiful thing. They're, they are, they are 14,000 members in Fraser shit posting. Um, but in, 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 uh, the other side of the spectrum, I, all right, I'm a huge fan of this, uh, improviser, writer, podcaster, Heather Ann Campbell. She, um, she loves video games. She loves Japanese anime. She hates Ayn Rand. I mean, just everything about her is great. So she had been posting for a while um, about Evangelion. And then that is the proper way to pronounce it. And you know that because if you watch the show, they say it a lot. And she just kept going on and on about how amazing it is and all this stuff. And so it finally came to Netflix and it was dubbed and it was in Japanese and it was subtitled and you know, you gave you, they gave you lots of choices about all these things and it was like, okay, great. I will watch this. Fuck me, what a turd fest this show is. Jesus Christ, this thing is terrible. Um, it's, it's, I, I think the reason why it is so bad is it's it's meant to be like a tale of puberty because these preteens or teens or whatever are piloting these giant fighting robots and fucking the robots go through puberty and it's just like what is this and and I kid you not the finale episode is written or drawn, I should say, about 90% in felt marker. And by animated, I mean like one frame a second, if you are lucky. And then at the end, um, uh, Shinji, the, uh, I guess, protagonist of this, 
he's just like, you know what, everybody, I'm comfortable with myself. And then all the main characters get up and clap and go, yay, congratulations, you're comfortable with yourself. And I'm like, what is this? This is terrible. Anyway, do not watch Evangelion. Uh, but I also joined the Evangelion shitposting group, and I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun posting some shit on there. We lack, and in a grief, she'll always wear black and dream of parasol. Let's get to the first of two reunions. So, uh, the first reunion, so, uh, just to catch people up, um, when I was in college, I lived in a house in the Sunset District of San Francisco, and I was one of five people. And um, it it was, um, you know, it's tough. Uh, being, having roommates, uh, trying to sort out that dynamic, it's, it's not easy. And then pile on the fact that, you know, you're in college, it's stressful, and that you know people are coming in from different um, economic backgrounds, where some people are just you know got their way paid to go through college, like me and Mike, uh, and then other people had to have jobs, like um, Jeremy and Tyrion and and John or John. I don't know what John's deal is. John, the the the, the musical guest today, uh, he was a member of the house. So, um, one, uh, so Tyrion, uh, one of the members of the house, uh, many years ago, uh, when we were in college, he did that whole backpacking through Europe thing. And he, <laughs> uh, he came back from Europe like a guy who had just been laid for the first time and could not stop telling you how amazing pussy is, right? Like, everything was like, Europe is the greatest, the food's the greatest, and the art is the greatest. And, and good for him, he moved to Germany. He uh, was studying German already in college and then moved to Germany. And then he's got job a job teaching English to soldiers, and, and it's great. So he has this girlfriend, and he was like, hey, um, because we get six weeks of vacation a year, as opposed to, I don't know, our two, if you know, three if you're lucky. So he said, hey, me and the girlfriend are coming out. So we better get this party started. Yeah, he says, we're coming out. Um, we should have a, a house reunion. And I was like, okay, great, sounds good. So he says, uh, okay, you know, here are the dates, three months in advance, you know, no problem. Um, he, this thing was doomed from the start. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I, I had a great time, I will say that. But like, one of the guys on the email chain was like, sorry, can't make it. I, I scheduling whatever, couldn't do it. Uh, okay. Uh, and then we had John, this John here. John is uh, a recovering uh, bad drinker. And um, 
He showed up for a little bit and then left and then didn't come back. And and this was for a whole weekend. This was a weekend that we we had this house. Thank God it was for free. Uh, and John did just was like, oh, sorry, I, I got a thing. I can't. And... And really, and so when we went to go see John play a couple of weeks ago, I just asked him straight out. I was like, was it because of the drinking? And he was like, yeah, because I did my biggest drinking in college. And then I would be in that situation again in the middle of the woods with all the people that I was with when I was at my drinkiest. And I was, I get it. I totally get it. But it is so weird that he couldn't tell us that. It was so weird that he just couldn't. Like, I don't know what he thought was going to happen. I I mean, I'm sure somebody would have said to him, ah, that's okay, I'll I'll, I'll stop you from drinking. It's just like, I mean, if you've been in that position, it sucks and it's hard. And I get why he did it. But it also kind of bums me out that he couldn't just tell us, like, hey, it's because of drinking. And then there was another roommate, Jeremy. He, like, you know, I get there at Saturday and I'm like, and he's like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to leave in, like, four hours. You know, basically at 4 p.m. He was like, I got to leave. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. And he had driven up from Los Angeles and he, and then it turns out that I, so I thought he was driving back that night because he said he had some sort of work thing he had to prepare for. So I said, okay. Um, I, and I just thought he had some work, you know, he was going to just drive back that night, you know, leave at four, get to LA, you know, six hours later, at, you know, midnight or whatever. I thought, all right. And it, but he, no, he was going to stay the night in San Francisco and then leave at like 4 a.m. or something insane like that. And I'm just like, uh, all right, I guess. I mean, I mean, why don't you just leave here at like eight, you know, buy yourself another four hours or something. I don't know. Like none of it made any sense. Um, so then it was me, Michael, Taryn, and Taryn's girlfriend for all of Sunday. And we had a great time. We went to um, Point Reyes, uh, you know, but but it was, I have to say, there. it was funny because I was so reticent about doing this whole thing because I was concerned that, uh, I don't know, a lot of the bad feelings that I had when we all lived together because it was such a stressful situation um, would come back. But none of it did for me. But apparently, I think Taryn and Michael still have some tension there. Um, And that's too bad. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing to do about it. It's just, it is what it is. Um, So it it made for a little bit of a weird Sunday of just having the four of us and uh, it not being so super smooth. Although it was interesting having Tiran's girlfriend there because she acted as sort of an exposition engine where if you think of this in terms of a movie, um, 
you know, in Jurassic Park, they always have like, you know, in all the Michael Crichton books, like there's always a kid there. And it's like, we're gonna explain this plot point to this kid, but really what we're doing is we're explaining it to the viewer. And so the kid is uh, there because we have to dumb it down so the kid understands, but that's really Crichton's way of dumbing it down so any viewer who watches this will get it. And it was interesting because, like, it would have been weird if I had just popped off and said, like, hey, you remember that time that we did the bib 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 bop and this is it? And, and they would have just looked at me and went, yep. Uh, and, but uh, instead, because Taryn's girlfriend was there, I got to say, hey, now let me tell you about this guy. Let me tell you about that guy. Uh, and let me tell you about this. And it was all, you know, complimentary stuff. I, I, I didn't bring up anything super weird, but it was interesting. Um, oh, and I have to say the one thing, the one thing that really pissed me off was um, Taryn had told us there is no cell phone reception up at the house we are staying at. We stayed at a house in Inverness where my uh, late aunt uh, Aunt Muriel uh, used to live, and there's no cell reception up there. And he kept saying, drive up this road, here's the address, and there's a gate. Now, in reality, what it was was a gate because they're, they, they live as a sort of adjacent to a national park. So it isn't like a gate, like a house gate. It isn't gate like a wooden fence and a gate. But when you say gate, that's what people mean. Gate in front of a house, that's what that means. But instead, so I get up to the end of the road. There's no marker. There's no address. There's nothing. There's just this metal gate with a chain uh, with a chain on it and a padlock, like you would see at the entrance to a national park for, uh, you know, the you undo the chain and the padlock so the ranger can get in there with their truck. And that's exactly what they do. And you can do that there, but you have to, you have to know the combo because there's this one house, the one house we were staying at is halfway up the road to this national park. And at no point did he say like, there is a, it is at the end of the road. It looks like it, it's going nowhere. It looks like a national park. There is a, a, a metal barrier there with a chain on it. Like there was none of that mentioned. It was just like, it's a gate. And, and of course, and if you drive around there, every goddamn house has a gate. So you're just like, I don't know. And then I, I, I found locals. People who live there, and I'm like, do you know where this is? And they're like, I don't even know what street this is. Because the street changed names about halfway up. They're like, I don't know if it's this or that or what. I don't know where we are. I almost did a Coach Steve from uh, Big Mouth. I don't even know who you are. Um, boy, if you're not watching Big Mouth, uh, you're making poor life choices. Okay. Wait, I gotta take a, a drink break and listen to some John Bennett. To see you, Beverly. Worker there looked at me like I was a thief. She said the state ain't got okay. much money. So, we have that reunion. You know, the reunion of five. Should have been the reunion of six. 
So we we no, it should have been the reunion of seven. I take that back. So okay, so then uh, I guess last weekend, maybe the weekend before. No, last weekend um, we had my thirtieth high school reunion, and that was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was very strange, and and even stranger, 50% of this listening audience was there, so sorry, you get to hear it again. Uh, but um, I went in loaded, not drinky loaded, uh, like idea loaded. And so my whole idea was, what I really wanted to ask people was, did you enjoy high school? Like, what was high school like for you? But I thought about it, and I thought a better question would be like, I, and, and I drew upon my uh, Max FunCon training, where I went to the patented Jesse Thorne interview seminar, and uh, he unveiled the patented Jesse Thorne golden interview question, which is, um, you ask somebody, um, who does a thing, whatever the thing is, you say, look, you do a thing. How is the thing different than you imagined it would be? And so that's what I asked him. I said, like, you know, we all went to high school together. Like, what did you imagine high, uh, adulthood to be like? And what, what, what is it really like? Uh, and I got a bunch of great answers. Um, I, I, the most common answer was... I wanted to be an adult until I realized how expensive it is to be an adult. And then they were like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is sucks. I mean, I, I, I can't do everything I want to do, which is what I thought I could do. Uh, and then um, it was funny. Uh, I, had, I, I had this conversation with a friend, and I had said that I, um, I wished I was happier. Um, I thought I was going to be happier. And he found me later in the evening, and he was like, you know, you're a creative guy. I think there's just something about creative people that they're just genuine, gen generally unhappy, and they're always, like, sort of pushing, pushing for things to be better. They're, they are the, the, the ones who are not content with the way the world is, the way things are, and they want to push things to make things better. Uh, and and if they were content, that they would just sit back and just be like, whatever, the world is what the world is, I don't care, you know. Um, and it, it, it gave it sort of like a weird um, Logan's Run sort of feel, like a, there's this book, um, oh, what is it? Oh, well, it's sort of like um, uh, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, where it's like everybody has a role and everybody's genetically engineered to do that role. And it kind of made me feel like, you know, like, oh, I, I, my personality type is this because I am that. And honestly, it made me feel so much better. It made me feel so much happier about who I was and what I was and, and that that I am doing my role uh, because it is necessary and it is important. Um, if you haven't read uh, Brave New World, I highly recommend it. It's one of those books in high school that we were forced to read uh, that I actually really enjoyed. Uh, 
And then um, there's uh, uh, one person that I talked to um, quite a bit uh, that uh, had a lot of great things. And it was so funny because, you know, she I, I definitely wrote her off in high school as like just the ditzy blonde. And I'm not... I don't know. I haven't figured out her yet. Um, I talked to her at the last reunion, and I said, like, hey, you know, I feel like you got a lot of great ideas, but you kind of put on this sort of veneer of dumbness. I said I said it better than that. I'm not that much of an asshole. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I couldn't tell if she was putting it on or she was trying to figure herself out or what was going on. But what she said was, um, she said that, you know, high school just never ends, right? Like all the drama, the weirdness, the bullshit that you deal with in high school, that it continues on for the rest of our lives. And usually... If someone is a, just a total ass to you, it's because they've got something else going on. You know, like, you look at Trump, and you're just like, oh my God, who hurt you as a child? You know, it's just like, who knows? Who knows if the thing that they were dealing with happened today, happened when they were 12, when it happened, but it happened, and it has nothing to do with you. Um, and the other thing that she said that I really resonate with was she talked about how hard it is to make friends as an adult. And I was like, yeah, no joke. Um, oh, oh, and then there was one other thing that I really liked. Um, it was uh, came from a, a woman I didn't really know very well. And we talked and I asked her the question and, and, and it was really kind of disheartening because she told me that it's like, you know, she's got teenagers and like, and I asked her, I was like, would you tell your kids any of this stuff? And she's like, I try. They don't listen because they, they think, you know, no one understands them, that they're unique and, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, I know, I, I get it. But it was fun because we had this interaction and at the end of it, she was like, wow, that was a really good interaction. And then we hugged. And it was funny because, like, you know, she talked about how, like, dealing with people or talking to people, they're like, you know, you say something to them and they're just like, nothing. You get nothing in response, which happens a lot. Ugh. And then, oh, and then um, the guy who told me about, you know, me being a creative person, he gets halfway through telling me about how I'm, like, doing my role in society. And then this other guy, he's like, let me tell you something. I figured... Now, listen, he's not from the East Coast. He's born and raised in California. But let's just give him this East Coast accent because it's more fun. He says, let me tell you something, huh? I've learned that all you need is four things. You need a job... You need a house, uh, you need a spouse, and you need a car. And those, if you got those four things, you're good. And then I just look over at my friend who just told me about how necessary my role is in society. And I just stare at him like, what? And he just nods back and goes, yeah, you know. Because it's like, look, not everybody's a deep thinker. Not everybody... Not everybody has... Look, we all have our own different roles to, to fill. He has his. Mr. Four-Part Harmony over there has his. Great. You know, but what I would say is 
don't cut off somebody else's truth just because you think your truth applies to them, all right? Just be cool, man. And all the people oh. live. All right, so finally, let's wrap this up with some drama. So I love drama. Um, I don't like to be in it, but if it's going on around me, I like to hear about it, I like gossip. I like to hear what's, I like the dirt, I like the sauce. You know, as long as I know that it's true, um, then then I really dig it. The, the problem comes in is when you get a bunch of people theorizing who don't know anything and you're like, I, I cannot trust you. You are an unreliable narrator. That's not the reason. I just like using that phrase because I learned it in high school and it proves that I learned something. You won't take away the so I'm going to use real names. I'm not protecting the innocent because trust me, they ain't innocent. That's my burn music, I guess. That's when I burn. I give you a sick burn and then I play a little song. Anyway, so, um, so Tom, I knew in preschool and I saw Tom at the 20 year reunion that, you know, 10 years ago. And um, he was an angry, angry dude. And I was like, oh, God damn, this sucks. Because this is not obviously the guy I knew in preschool, right? This is somebody else. And I was bummed out. And I was like, okay, it just I can't change you, so off you go. Flash forward 10 years to now, he shows up in a wheelchair and he's got some sort of neurological disorder. And so I'm talking to the woman, I'm talking to the good interaction woman, Christy. And I said, uh, yeah, you know, he says he's got some sort of neurological disorder. And she's like, no, he's just drinking himself to death. You know, he's doing a, as she put it, a leaving Las Vegas. I went, oh, okay. Uh, and it turns out <laughs> that uh, his ex-wife was there. And, oh, and Tom, who got into a fight with somebody at the 20-year, somehow managed to get into a fight with somebody this year. I mean, the guy can barely talk. He's in a wheelchair. Somehow he managed to get into a fight with somebody. I mean, who does that? So then, um, so Tom's ex-wife is there as a guest of Kristen, okay? Kristen um, had her own drama where her husband got arrested for embezzling money from the family bank. Yeah, so the family set up a bank and he embezzled money from it to live a crazy, lavish lifestyle. And I guess, you know, it's funny because I always thought if you owned your own bank, you could just take a bunch of money out. I mean, like, why do you need to hide that? But I guess they have a board of directors and investors and whatnot. And you can't just be like, I wanna fly on a private jet to Aruba, yeah. 
Um, yeah, baby. Uh, you can't do that uh, because the board uh, has other ideas about how they should be spending their money, and it's not so you know you can get a better tan. So, um, so she had Kristen had her drama. And so she brought a couple of friends uh, from the year below us and um, as sort of moral support. And I said to Christy, I was like, is this because she needs a a distractor? Because um, obviously, I mean, honestly, I should say, honestly, the people she brought have their own drama. Obviously, Tom's ex-wife has some drama. Uh, Jenny uh, has, I don't know if she has drama, really, she might. I heard a rumor that she had two kids from two different dads, so maybe there's some drama there. I don't know. Um, But Christy was like, well, I honestly, I think she probably just brought him for moral support because, yeah, she got, bitch got drama. All right. Uh, So, so, and then, so then, so, okay, so we've got Tom. We've got Tom's ex-wife. We've got Kristen, who brought Tom's ex-wife. Tom brought Stephanie, who has is has been his caretaker for a while. Stephanie is Greg's ex-wife. Greg and Tom are the ones that got into a fight with each other. Yeah. Now, oh. Two, also two Me Too moments for me. Um, Greg, I had talked to at one point and told him about this childhood thing that I was like, you know, I, 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 you said a thing and I didn't understand it. And so I researched and goddamn, you were right. And, and Greg was like, you didn't hate me for saying that. And I was like, no, no, because you were right. I mean, I looked like the kid from Children of the Corn. I just hadn't seen the movie yet, so I didn't understand. If you watch Children of the Corn, uh, there is a character in there named Isaac, and I look exactly like him at that age, whatever, 12 or 10 or 8 or 6 or whatever it was. But what and, uh, and so I told him, I was like, you are absolutely right. I look just like that kid. Uh, and then I guess after the fight and after a whole bunch more drinks, we're going downstairs and we get to the ground floor of this hotel and Greg kisses me on the cheek and tells me that he loves me. And I'm like, okay. Uh, It was nice. It was weird, but it was nice. And then uh, while we're up at the reunion earlier in the evening, I I had been helping out a lot with a lot of the setup and preparation, even though I was only really volunteered for uh, setting up the senior slideshow and my projector that I brought and all of this stuff. Uh, of course, you know, I'm in support, right? Like, I cannot just let it be and say, like, okay, well, I realize this thing's broken. You're on your own. It's like, no, I'm I'm here to help. I mean, this is what I do. It's in my blood. And um, I don't know. I don't know if Cindy appreciated that or the fact that we have known each other since kindergarten. But she came by and slapped me on the ass, like, really hard. And... And I didn't mind. I liked it. Um, I hope I did not break her hand because I have a particularly bony ass. Ass! Ass! 
All right, everybody. I'm going to go watch Miss Marvel because the wife and kid are out of town and I got a whole night to myself. So, from me, from the music of Bright Brown, let's do this maybe in 20 years, maybe in 30 years, but at the very least, one more time. Till then! I am listening from the depth of my